Hello and welcome back to the last episode of Did You See for the year 2019 and for the decade of the 2010s. Did You See is a podcast for each week two friends, myself, Dan, one of those friends, and himself. The final remnants of 2019, Max. <laughs> Get together and ask and answer each other the question the friends have been asking and answering since the dawn of stuff to talk about. Did you see, though we will be eschewing our normal format a bit today, as we have done at the end of 2017 and at the end of 2018, to discuss the greatest stuff in pop media uh, that happened this year, and we're also going to discuss the greatest stuff to us in pop media that happened over the course of the last decade as well. It's a good call. Yeah. A uh, little caveat at the beginning here that I'd like to make sure we get out to everybody we're going to miss stuff. We're going to be wrong. You're going to disagree with what we have to say. This is just the opinion of two guys who happen to have a platform and like a whole lot of pop media and pop culture. Yeah, and if you uh, if you have a problem with it, you just get a hold of me, contact com. you pick the spot, and we'll fist fight. Yeah, or just blow it out your ass. No, I want to fist fight. <laughs> I'll just tell them to blow it out. Oh, no, I broke my candy cane. Skins only, though, for real. Like, this is old-school turf. Like, ah, bare you know, knuckle. Bare knuckle yeah, boxing. Out. Yeah, no BS, no knives, no guns. We're not trying to kill each other. We're just trying to prove a point. Yeah, a little, uh, a little fisticuffs. Yeah, let's keep it fair. Let's keep it honest. A gentleman's game. Yeah, exactly. A gentleman's game. So, um, we're just going to kind of take this a little, uh, a little casually. We'll start talking about the, uh, the films of 2019. Max, you have any opinions about films? Yes, I saw some this year. I have some stuff uh, that I liked. I had some stuff that I missed that I still want to see. And I have one film that really let me down this year. Okay. You want to talk That's about it. those things? Oh, yes, I suppose I should. Uh, so I'll do my top. You want to do your top after that? Yeah, yeah we'll right, do our so tops top... and then we'll go into the, uh, the other stuff. Cool. So I have uh, five of them on my list here because um, there was no movie, no one movie that really like blew me away. A lot of other years, and if you've listened to us do this before, their music is like, this is the shit. But I don't have a movie <laughs> that does that this year. I have a lot of movies that are very good. Um, these five movies, I think, stood out for various reasons, but this list is in no particular order. Okay. Uh, my list is The Lighthouse, Dolomite Is My Name, Us, Midsummer. And Detective Pikachu. Okay. Okay. Um, my list is shorter than that. Does include one film that was on that list. Good. I know which one it is. Yeah. My list is every movie I saw in the cinema this year. All three of them. In no okay. particular order. The Lighthouse. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And The Rise of Skywalker. Once Upon a Time made a lot of people's lists. Yeah, uh, it made mine, easily. For those of you who were listening to uh, the last season of How Good Is That, you may remember that I ranked that pretty damn highly compared to Max and Daryl. And yes. upon uh, reconsideration here later in the year, I still agree. <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Detective Pikachu, because... Man, that movie really surprised me. It's one I haven't seen yet, and I'm uh, very, very, very interested to see. And since we're talking about movies we want to see, uh, two I missed this year that I intend to watch when they come out um, on physical media, which in one of these cases is very soon, um, Joker, which I did not see, mm -hmm. and Hustlers, both of which I would like to see a lot. Yeah, Hustlers is apparently uh, pretty good. 
Yeah, the writer is very smart. She did a great job, writer-director, and uh, I heard it was great, and I didn't realize it was a true story till I heard her on script notes. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Like, it wouldn't have, if it were, if it were just a fictional story, but like, yeah, that's not really up my alley. But the fact it's based on true events actually intrigues me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, those are the movies I would like to see that I have not had a chance to see. Yeah. Um, there's a few out there for me. Like, I still do want to see Midsummer, even though I read the entire uh, synopsis of it. And so I kind of don't have um, as much anymore that you, you should know. watch it. You'd like it. Yeah. It's like, even if you know what's got what's coming and like where it's going, it's still the way it gets there is what's so impressive about it. Like yeah. stark, beautiful backdrops for some horrendous shit. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, you know, there wasn't a ton that really happened in my opinion in cinema this year, other than the stuff we've hit um, that I think was worth it. There's some other stuff out there. Like apparently Booksmart was really good. Uh, the yep. last black man in San Francisco was apparently astounding. Um, I know it made our uh, previous president's list of films of the year. Mm. Um, uh, in fact, I don't think he has anything on his list that I have seen. No, there is nothing on his list that I have seen. Um, so I might have to work on that because he also had Parasite, which is um, that's um, what the hell is it? What the hell is his the name? The guy who did um, Bong Joon Ho, I think. Yeah, he did Snowpiercer. Yeah, uh, and apparently yeah. that film was great if you're into uh, Korean horror cinema. So yeah, it made uh, like pretty much everybody's list for this year, and I haven't got a chance to see it yet either. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah, for the recommendation. And, uh, big letdown for me this year for film was John Wick Three Parabellum. I still haven't seen it because of your review. Uh, it's real disappointing compared to the other two, which I think one is. Astounding. We may talk about that film in a little while. <laughs> um, the second one was pretty good, like a pretty darn good follow-up, like mm -hmm. good set pieces. It, it handled itself well. I don't, I'm going to I guess I'm going to say something very contentious, but to me, this felt like John Wick version of Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. Where we're like, we're going to eschew the fact we're making a movie to try to set up later movies. Oof. Yeah, it was really ham-fisted. I didn't really, like, overall, like, it was still like, a fine watch. Like, the set pieces were thought out well, and it was mm -hmm. an action movie. But overall, it was so far from John Wick 1 or 2 that it was just a real big letdown. Do I think they, would I see the fourth one? Yes, I would see the fourth one. But I don't think, uh, it would have to be really good to pick it up for me. Because it was definitely a, uh, a fall from grace compared to the first two. Okay. I have no real letdowns this year. Um, like I said, I only saw three movies in the cinema and was... Or no, I saw four, because I saw that uh, that Marvel movie. Uh, the uh, No, I didn't. I didn't see the Avengers in theaters. Oof. Bad year for me. <laughs> Dude, years are long. Years years are long. Some That's weird. Time's yeah, weird. 365 days is a long period of time. It is. And we get another one next year. That's right. But... Uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty solid that's rundown films. of films for the year. Uh, should yeah. we talk about television for the year? Something we don't often talk about because you don't watch a ton of it. No, but I did watch some this year. Yeah. Um, I have a list of movies that are TV shows I liked, TV shows that I want to see that I have not watched, which, mm -hmm. you know, duh. And I also have a weird little category for a TV show I thought was not very good that I've watched now twice. <laughs> and... Like, twice 
most of the way through each time. But a, a show that has potential, and I wish that they would try not to make it suck so badly. Mm. So those are the three categories I have for television. Okay. <laughs> My top televisions are uh, in probably in order. Uh, Don't fuck with cats hunting an internet killer, which I watched really recently. Oh yeah, it's three episodes. Mm-hmm. It is really good. It's so fucking out there that's just like this isn't real. Holy shit! What? What is happening? <laughs> like you just keep doing that. And it was really well constructed, very filmic and cinematic in its scope, but a really well told, cohesive documentary. Really cool to watch. Cool. And I'm not big into true crime shit, but this was really cool. I am, um, and number... I've heard that was a pretty good. Uh... You dig it for sure. Yeah. It's up your alley. Um, number two for me is The Boys. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was great. It was fucking great, and you should fucking watch it. Not just you specifically, Dan, but everybody who has not should watch it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. If you like comic books, watch this shit, because it is really good. Uh, my number one, which you can probably already guess, Dan, because me and Ryan talked about it last night while we were hanging out, is Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the f- so I watch a lot of horror. If you are new to the podcast, you may not know that. If you are not, then you already know that. The first episode of Chernobyl filled me with a level of dread that very few other things have in my lifetime. And it's real. That That's part of why it... It's awful. Like it's one of the like. It's just you. The, the feeling that it that it evokes in you is, it's unbelievable. The first episode's so powerful. It's it just struck a real chord. Like I was just, like I was gonna watch it and then go to bed. I was like, oh, watch an episode and then go to sleep. I could not go to sleep. Be like because of the feeling that it. I was like, I guess I gotta keep watching it because what the hell else am I gonna do? Yeah, it's real, real good. So kudos to Craig Mazin because it's fucking great. That's great. Absolutely astounding. Um, yeah, TV was weird for me this year. I, this, like, the end of last year, like, from, like, the fall season of television start last year until now, I've pretty much stopped watching regular format episodic television. Okay. Um, the only things I've really pushed to watch, uh, like, appointment style. In fact, I think the only thing I pushed to watch appointment style was Game of Thrones. Hmm. I don't think I watched anything else. And, like, this is weird because I'm, I've am i been the TV guy, like, yeah. for the longest time. But I'm just, I'm kind of fed up with American episodic television. And uh, a lot of the other stuff is on premium networks. Like, I started The Mandalorian and absolutely fucking dug the first episode. And I still don't understand why Werner Herzog agreed to do it. But whatever, it's Werner Herzog. Um, let's go make Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. But, uh... It's like I just sort of this this was the year in which I think I just had to take a break from TV and there's a shitload I have to catch up on. I tried to keep up with some stuff uh, during the year. I've I have recently picked up um, I've recently picked up the soon to be ending uh, The Good Place and mm. really should have listened to my wife and the several other people I know who watch it earlier. Um, but that's really it. I it really this year I've let myself down on television watching. I've. Basically, since 2013, every year I've increased the amount of live streaming that I watch or YouTube that I watch in place of traditional television. And sure. this, this I think, was sort of the zenith year where I just – that's 90% of all media that I watched. Um, so in that vein, actually, the one show that I will shout out as my favorite show of the year uh, is a show that airs on YouTube but has aired weekly. Uh, and that is Road Quest from Loading Ready Run, which is shot like a Top Gear 
uh, like the films Top Gear used to do when they do ridiculous stuff with cars. Yep. They uh, they bought crappy cars and drove from Vancouver Island into uh, deep into the Yukon, um, like well over a thousand kilometers away from where they started. That's cool. And uh, yeah, it's still airing, and that's like the one other appointment thing that I've had all year was that in game of thrones so tv was weird for me this year i'm sure there was good stuff out there uh i would love recommendations honestly like i know you and several other people have highly recommended chernobyl to me um that's definitely on my list of stuff i gotta figure out is uh, watching chernobyl yeah watch chernobyl watch the boys i also want to add to my list the mandalorian uh, Watchmen, which apparently Damon Lindelof fucking destroyed yeah somehow. i have to i have to watch that for two reasons um one, because it's The Watchmen, and apparently it's an astounding sequel to the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kevin Smith claims it feels exactly like the uh, the comic, and I fucking believe him. Yeah. Um, I, I would believe him about what would feel like that comic book. But uh, the other reason being that the entire inciting incident for the entire plot is the Tulsa-Oklahoma race riots of 1922, which is something I never knew about until I lived in Tulsa. And something that I have a greater, far greater appreciation for now. So I'm really interested to see a television series tackle, like, you know, nearly 100 years later, what that fallout looks like. Right, right. No, it's Because I've seen it firsthand. Uh, I mean, Lindelof did what was on, we'll get into the decade stuff, but every list I looked at had, somewhere in the top five, had the leftovers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the dude's got a pedigree. He wanted to do this project really badly, and it seems like... It's amazing. If you have an artist who wants to create something and you let them, they'll do a really good job. Weird. Shocking, really. And the other one on my list of things I really want to see is Russian Doll. Yeah, I heard that was pretty good, and I like um, I like her a lot. So Yeah, it looks pretty wild. Yeah. Um, for highest potential, this weird category is the show my mother watches that I found out uh, Tim Irwin really likes a lot. Uh, and it is The Masked Singer. Yeah, uh, we talked about this. Well, J-Rod brought this up because we had that episode where I talked about how we needed more celebrities doing ridiculous stuff, but not reality TV shows, like competition shows and panel shows and stuff. And (laughs) I have an interest in this now because that wasn't very long. It was like a couple months ago I was decrying that America didn't have this. Yeah, and it's it's a great concept Mm -hmm. for a show. It's really good. The things that they do is there's too much bloat. Way mm. too much bloat. Way like way too much bloat. Like yeah. I'm not like I know I said that a lot. That's because it. That's how much there is. It's so much wasted time. They clip the performances, which really pisses me off. Mm. Like I want to see the whole fucking song that they're singing. I don't want to see a minute and ten seconds of the song they're singing, and then I have to look at fucking the judges talk about bullshit for ten minutes. Yeah. Like if they relayed out and redistributed how the show worked. It would be awesome. I'm going to spoil the first season if you haven't seen it. And the reason it really hooked me and the thing that I think is powerful about it is, and if you don't know the premise of the show, they're all celebrities of some stripe, actors, singers, whatever, and they all wear a costume so you don't know who they are. The costumes are great, by the way. They are really fun, and when they talk, they distort their voice so you can't tell who they are unless they're singing. Great concept. The winner of season one was fucking T-Pain. Mm-hmm. And it's like this cool idea of he's he's like, I'm the auto tune guy, so no one knows I can really sing. Mm-hmm. It was like such a cool concept. Like that's fucking brilliant. Like this is exactly who we should have 
like these are the kind of things that the show can really do that's powerful and interesting. Yeah. But the problem is it's all couched in, you know, it's a network TV show, so there's a ton of bloat, there's a ton of commercials. It's I mean, if you don't watch it on DVR, it's unwatchable. Yeah. Unwatchable. That's uh, but, your your point about T Pain and people like, you know, suddenly discovering you could sing. It was like what happened when uh Kesha released her latest album. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh wait, he, she can actually sing. And it's like, yes. Yep. Just because they're auto-tuned all to hell doesn't mean they have to be. That's right. Exactly. These are talented people, and I think the mass singer is a cool, a cool concept that needs a lot of work. But I mean, it's their most popular show, so they're not going to change it. Yeah. But I wish the show was a little bit better laid out, and it would be awesome. It's just, you know, network TV to shit. Is uh, that is how that works. Yeah, that is how that works. So um. I think we should probably move on to my uh, category, my favorite category to talk about, and that's the music of the year. Yes, I get to uh, sit back for a while and listen to you talk. <laughs> so I've got eight albums uh, or EPs on my list of stuff that came out this year that abs- you you should be listening to. I will make a ding sound if it's on my list of two. Because <laughs> uh, I my... banned this year and listened to a lot of older music and did not listen to a lot of contemporary yeah, music. It happens. Uh, I've Actually, since we've been doing this podcast, I've been trying to push harder to be more contemporary with my music since I'm kind of the music guy of the two of us. Um, mm-hmm. So my first one is honestly the album I think that surprised me most this year. And that is uh, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go from Billie Eilish. Uh, the girl was fucking 17 years old when she wrote most of this album lyrically. Her brother wrote a lot of the songs. Her older brother is in his 20s, still not all that old. Um, this album was a trip from beginning to end. Lyrically, it is really interesting, and musically, it is fascinating. And she's just a great performer, and I think she's a great uh, role model for young girls as well. Uh, if you've ever seen a picture of her, her fashion sense can only best be described as... Um, stumbled through a grunge closet into a raver's closet and then fell out right and she wears a lot of big baggy stuff and everything else and she was recently asked why she does that and she basically said because she's tired of every female performer being described by their body and so she dresses that way so that they don't they can't do that to her nice she's 18 fucking years old and she figured that shit out and this this album was on every list that i looked at it's really good it is it is a hundred percent a recommendation for me um, my next one is, it's probably the softest one on my list of eight, but I really liked it. It's Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. Um, mm. I just, I like it. It's, it's dumb. Turn your brain off pop music. And sure. there is, there is an appeal to that for me. Um, the next one is a, a personal, I, this was going to be on my list no matter what. It's Bruce Springsteen's Western Stars. Uh, for my money, it's the best album he's put out in 15 plus years. And it's, uh, it feels like, uh, Nebraska era Bruce Springsteen but with 30 years of, of life experience. Huh. It feels very much like Nebraska and then that sort of stuff with, with a bit more country twang and a bit more I'm older put oh. in it. So um, I like that. Uh, the next one I put on here was the album that the moment I'd never heard of the band, never knew what the album was, the moment I listened to it, I knew it was making my list, and that's uh, Schlagenheim from Black Midi. Mm. I know I yep. made you listen to this after I listened to it. Yep. Uh, this was just a math metal progressive mind fuck of an album that just hit me like a ton of bricks and i was just like oh right music can be really complicated and still really cool it's cool and Uh, complicated yeah it is it's it's very very good a recommendation i know not a lot of people uh cottoned on to so i'm definitely there for that 
Uh, my next one's an EP. It's All of Them Witches from uh, La Femme Pondu, otherwise known as Alison Scaliotti, the actress. It is a mm. uh, it is basically her senior thesis from her time as a student at Berklee College of Music. Um, she released, I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. She, after basically uh, reti- not retiring from acting, but just stopping acting and uh, joining the Directors Guild, as she now directs a lot of television, she also That's decided awesome. to go to Berklee for uh, guitar performance, I think. And she wrote an album that is entirely in French, and it is very like a noir horror kind of like dark wave album, but it's all in French. It is wonderful pianos and guitars, and it is just so different from what I would expect out of, you know, Claudia from Warehouse 13. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Which was why I why I really cottoned onto it. Um my next one is one that I'm hoping is on your list. It's Infest the Rat's Nest from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. It is not, though I thought heavily about putting it on there. Yeah, uh, this, and specifically Planet B, um, mm. was one of, like, every King Gizzard album, all seven of them that have come out since I've been a fan, eight of them that have come out since I've been a fan of them, have merited being on a list of some sort. But this one, there are a couple of tracks on this album that just sound angry. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, look, you fuckers, listen to this. You like our music? Now hear our message. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very good. I mean, it's fun. And fuck, if every one of their, like, I don't know, approaching 20 albums in nine years at this point doesn't sound different, but you can tell it's a King Giz album. Yeah, they're great. They're just astonishing. Listen to everything they do. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> the next album on my list is Pang from Caroline Polachek, an album I would not have known about if not for Anthony Fantano. So, Ding. Uh, thanks, Melon. Yeah, there you go. Um, thanks, Melon, because this album is... Uh, when we saw Chairlift on their farewell tour, I honestly got sad that I hadn't been listening to more of them for longer. Because right. I'd only kind of been listening to them in passing for a couple of years at that point. And this album feels like... It feels like the chairlift album that didn't get made before they broke up in a lot of it's, places. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It's earnest. And at times it's also doing, and it, through all that, it kind of carries that electro pop sound. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I really dug it as well. Uh, and then the last album on my list for the, uh, for the year is... Uh, Sugar and Joy from Canadian uh, bluegrass Americana act The Dead South. Uh, mm. Thank you, a random YouTube suggestion in 2017, uh, for showing me um, in hell I'll be or in hell I'll be in good company or in good company. Um, this band has grown every time they release something. They get better, and I like them more. I will liken them very much to Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band in that when I discovered them, they sounded like one thing, and now they sound like that thing, but, like, fed through the lens of everything they've ever experienced. That's cool. And I've really, really grown to appreciate them. They are coming to Philadelphia next month, and I am uh, very excited to go see them because I've I've liked bluegrass my entire life, and this really, really did something for me. Um... And then I do have an honorable mention that did not make my list this year only because I don't know that I will ever listen to it again, and that is Caligula from Lingua Ignata. That is the other album on my list. Yeah, I I have listened to it, I've listened to the entirety of it twice, and I do not know that I will ever listen to it again because it is the heaviest goddamn album I've ever put in my ears. So, I, I, I... When I listened to this, I wasn't in like a fantastic headspace, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, 
and I had to stop listening to this album partway through because it completely gutted what was left of me. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've listened. I finished listening to it, and I've listened to it again a couple times. It is a fucking powerhouse. She mm-hmm. unleashes like all of the emotions that anyone could hope to unleash in musical form. It is an onslaught of an album. Yep. Not something I would recommend throwing on in your car for driving. <laughs> no. But sit down and get yourself your intoxicant of choice that's light and prepare to have some emotions. It's it's just so good at what it does. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's something to throw on all the time, but it is fucking real good at what it does. Yep. Uh, <coughs> so, yeah, uh, that's my music. All right. I got comic books. Mm-hmm. And then we need to uh, kind of run through. Uh, yeah, there's not much to say once we get into the. There's like the you know, decade has just, just hit a couple of things. All my shit, yeah, all my shit is shit I liked, <laughs> so that's easy. Comic books. Uh, I have top comics, comic books that weren't specifically done this year, but finished this year that I really liked, and one shot that I really liked. Okay. Uh, top comics for a run: Assassination, which is by Kyle Starks. And I brought this up already on the podcast, so I won't get into too much, but it's awesome and fucking hilarious. And Deceased, which I also brought up on the podcast, it's a cool concept. It's well handled. The tone's great. They really nailed it from top to bottom. Really well done for both of those. I read Um, no comics this year. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) Finished runs, uh, and the comic I'll have to kick over your way because it's fucking great and it's up your alley as Paper Girls. Yes, you've told me this several times and I'm down. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn is great. I, again, talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, Yeah, he's great. And it's real good, and you should read it because it's fucking brilliant. And for a one-shot, Year of the Villain, The Joker, which was penned partially by John Carpenter, is a really cool look at the Joker through a really interesting lens, and I wasn't expecting it. I I was like, I'll pick it up because it's John Carpenter, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there are some things that I like. John Carpenter is one of them. And he kicked this fucking book's ass. It's awesome. And it's dark and it's brutal and it's exactly what you want out of the Joker. Hmm. Okay. So those are my comics for the year. Hell yeah. Now we got the decade. Yeah, now for the decade. Uh, Let's talk about films for the decade. Sure. Let's just hit your, let's just run down the list. We don't need to talk about them. Let's just run down the list. Okay, you go first this time. Okay, uh, for the decade, my films have mentioned, this is not everything, this is most things. At the top, 100%. I will actually rate rank this one number one and everything else goes somewhere beneath it. Blade Runner 2049 may be the best film I've ever seen. The further I get away from having seen that movie, the more I love it. And that does not normally happen to me like this. So uh, It's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, then after that, everything I talked about this year, uh, pretty much, pretty much, not entirely, but pretty much every Marvel movie that came out this decade, because they really started to find their footing. Um, after some false starts in the the early or uh, the late aughts, um, the first two John Wick films come to mind. Uh, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, just fucking blew my actual hair back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birdman was huge for me, um, like in a way that I didn't expect before I went into watching it, which was kind of cool. Like I really did not expect to like Birdman as much as I did. Great movie. Uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed. Um, like really, really impressed with that. Uh, having recently watched it, I was also really impressed more so than I thought it would with Dunkirk. Uh, just mm. because it was a 
a visually impressive film. I fucking hated that he jumped between aspect ratios in this movie. Hated it. Mm, hated yeah. that decision. Everything else about this movie was cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of running, kind of running low on other stuff that really, really like blew my hair back. Uh, in I'll, terms I'll, of yeah, I'll pick it up for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Get Out, Cabin in the Woods, What We Do in the Shadows, Snowpiercer, Attack mm. the Block, mm. Into the Spider Verse. Yes, It Follows, and John Wick. Everything you just said, I agree with. I'd also like to add. Uh, personally, the Lego movie was more fun than I'd had in the mm. cinema in several years at that point. And uh, La La Land. Sure. La La Land. Uh, the thing that felt more like a uh, a an old-fashioned Hollywood musical than anything has in a very long time, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, shout out to the film for soundtrack reasons, Baby Driver. Because, yes. man, that soundtrack kick ass. Yes. Um, I will also give... <coughs> I do have one most disappointing... Um, yeah, my, my most disappointing was Guillermo del Toro does The Hobbit. How was that as bad as it was? Like, well, the words I just said should not have produced anything bad, but yet? Well, The Hobbit was The Hobbit, and Peter Jackson made an attempt. And yeah. There like, you go. Peter, Guillermo was on the project, he was off the project, yeah. Peter Jackson decided to pick it up, there was all the weird decisions that went into it, mm-hmm. it was... Uh, I only... I got through the first where I couldn't watch the rest. Also, every uh, for my for my personal money, every James Bond movie that came out in the last decade. I'll I'll leave they, you they to made, that. They made me smile. And, and when, the did, when did Casino Royale come out? Two thousand six. <laughs> All right, never mind. We won't talk about it. Yeah. How about television? Yeah. How about television? What a decade for TV, man. We saw the the rise of the streaming services uh, really getting into the game, and we saw um, a fucking premium cable just destroying it yep like really 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 choosing to run it down i mean i could go on for far longer than we have time to here but suffice to say uh if you don't if you haven't had premium cable for the last decade find a streaming service that has some of that shit and if you haven't had netflix you're missing out yeah there's a there's a bunch of stuff um i didn't include anything on my list that was started before the decade like breaking bad is a good example of this mad men um but on my list is Stranger Things, Black yeah, Mirror, uh-huh. Bob's Burgers, Game of Thrones, Rick and Morty, and Penn and Teller Fool Us. Yo, Bob's Burgers is so much better than it has any right to be, and possibly the greatest portrayal of a family ever on American television. It's amazing. They feel amazing. more like a real family than anything else I've ever seen. That's from top to bottom. I haven't seen all of Bob's Burgers. I've probably seen about 50% of Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Every fucking time I watch it, it's a treat. I've almost been depriving myself of it, so when I do run across it, it's like a good chance I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And it's a fucking treat every time I watch it. I I will agree with you 100%. It's all real good. Game of Thrones is on the list because if you know me, you know that I've had really strong opinions of Game of Thrones since about season 5 uh in terms of negativity. But you can't deny how fucking important that show was and how on, much of a game changer it was. And on balance, it's it is better than it isn't. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like on balance, that show was worth watching, at the yep. very least. Uh, also, The Walking Dead for what it did for horror television. Yes, uh, I I gave up on it after the second season, but for what it did for horror television and where TV is now, a hundred percent. Also, the other one I really want to talk about, even though we've sort of had our 
we've had our ups and downs with it on this podcast, American Gods. Uh, mm. First season's fucking worth it. Oh, first season's so good. Second season <laughs> is less good and probably can stop from here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move into music. I am literally just going to rip off the names of albums and artists and not say anything about them. Okay. Uh, so these are hits. Uh, David Bowie, Black Star, um, Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker, uh, Childish Gambino, Awaken My Love, um, literally everything Kendrick Lamar put out this album, Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer, uh, Run the Jewels and Run the Jewels 2, mention, honorable mention for Run the Jewels 3, <laughs> um, uh, Born to Die by Lady Gaga, or no, Born to Die was uh, Lana Del Rey, Born This Way was Lady Gaga, uh, both of those absolutely worth it, and then my... It might be my pick for album of the decade, Gunships Dark All Day. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not... I had the emotional experience of Dark All Day that you had with Caligula. Yeah. Uh, I was in a very dark place when that album came out, and I have... I think I have shed more tears over that album than any other. Uh, I will also throw into my albums list some uh, some uh, original Broadway cast recordings. I have two I would like to uh, point to directly. Uh, three, sorry, actually. Um, they are uh, Hadestown, Hamilton, and Newsies. They are... Uh, this was the decade in which I really let my Broadway appreciation fly, and I discovered my... Th what are now... What have now pushed Les Miserables down to number four and being my three favorite musicals. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'll hit you with my list of albums real quick, and then mm -hmm. I'll hit you with two artists that are not on the list because these artists' effect on my life is more than one album's worth they... and extremely prolific. Well, it's like I said, everything uh, from... Uh, oh, I guess, yeah, I fuck, I missed some stuff, too. Everything from Ghost and everything from Reverend Payton's Big Damn Band. I, uh, I'll get my list. Kids See Ghosts, mm. Savage Land by Gruesome, Days Are Gone by Heim, Nonagon Infinity by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Possession by Christian Mistress, So Delicious by the Reverend Payton's Big Damn Band, and Anthology by John Carpenter. Mm. Uh, the two artists that came out in this decade, entirely in this decade, and fucking blew me away, and you named them already, is Ghost and Gunship. Mm -hmm. Like, holy fucking crap. Yep. These two artists have completely changed, like, everything about a lot of how I interpret music and how music should be and what music can be and how varied it can do, what it can do, even if it's part of a genre or not. Awesome two bands. Well worth looking into all of their shit. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm going to get real sad because I missed a bunch of shit there, but there's literally too much music to talk about, so I'm not going to try. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I want to, I'll wrap it up with comic books. Um, and I'll do this in no particular order for these three. And then I will do it in a particular, very particular order for the top. Um, three. Uh, Saga, The Batman Run by Scott Snyder, and Mr. Miracle by Tom King are all fucking spectacular. I have minor beef with Mr. Miracle because I feel like it overshadowed this other, uh, this other Tom King story, which I feel was way fucking better, though Mr. Miracle is like an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, this is like a, maybe like a 9.8 out of 10 in my opinion, and that is The Vision. Read the mm. fucking vision. Yep. It is uh, so I'm, good. I'm going to put that out as my comic of the decade just because you made me read it and I uh, I cried more than I should have. I No, you cried as much as you should have because it's fucking wonderful. If you Even don't a robot cry, can cry. You're, yeah, you're less human than the vision. <laughs> it's so good. Read that fucking shit. I agree 112%. 
Uh, so that's that's a roundup of that is a quick roundup in 36 minutes of the uh, the decade in pop media and the last year in pop media. Uh, I know we missed some shit. I know we're going to regret it. But fuck me, did we hit a lot of really great shit. What a decade it was for pop media. I cannot wait to see what uh, 2020 to 2029 have for us. Also, that sounds like the goddamn future. It does. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you for being with us for another calendar year. Um, it's been an absolute blast to bring this podcast to you every week. If you like what you were hearing, it's www.superliminalfilms.com. We can also be found on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. We'll see you next year. Bye, everybody. Eh, Shark still looks fake.